Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, and today I'm talking about Spider-Man. Hey, hey, hey. I'm here to welcome everyone to Comic Book Keepers because I'm talking about Spider-Man. No, hey, I'm talking about Spider-Man. No, I'm talking about Spider-Man. No, I'm talking about Spider-Man. I'm, Sp I'm talking about Spider-Man. You, 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 guys, what are you doing? We're trying to recreate the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, you know, the one where the three of them all pointing at each other. You two know we're covering Miles Morales, Spider-Man, right? That meme is three different Peter Parkers. And he was like, your second episode ever. Well, yeah, but meme. Can we all just point at each other and take a screenshot? Yeah, sure, you webheads. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. And I'm Chris. And today, we're talking about Miles Morales. But in order to truly talk about the legendary follow-up, the, the legacy character for Spider-Man, we had to bring in another one of our podcasting friends. You might know him from his podcast and YouTube channel, The Vactorverse. It's Vactor. Welcome in, buddy. Hello. <laughs> I am... Thrilled and honored to be here. This is a fantastic podcast, and I, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to join you. Of course. Well, thank you. It was so much fun to join in on your show that we had to extend the offer to have you come over to ours. And it just so happened to work out perfectly when we asked you what are some of your favorite characters that you mentioned Miles Morales. So it was fate. It had to be. So mm -hmm. factor. Can you tell us a little bit why Miles is one of your favorite characters? It's actually very personal to me because, and this was kind of just a, a gradual evolution because I was reading Miles when, when he was introduced all the way up until now, but it was my real life circumstance that kind of evolved out of this and into my love of the character. So my wife, um, who I've known for 10 years now, is Latina. I am African-American. And we have a two-year-old son who I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he's wearing Miles Morales pajamas on my little oh. here. <laughs> uh, But he is half Latino, half um, African-American. And so to me, he is Miles Morales. He represents this character. So having that representation, and like I said, I knew the character before I had my son. So he, the character has changed, and he means something different to me now. Um, so now he is, I would say he's probably my current favorite character in all of comic books. I can see why that would be. Ugh, that's just beautiful. <laughs> it wasn't something that I planned. And I've always been a Spider-Man fan from when I was very young. But when they first introduced the character, and I'm sure we'll get into it, I was not expecting him to become my favorite character. But it is fascinating to see his evolution. It's fitting that legitimately the image for your profile for the podcast as well as the youtube channel is you in a miles morales suit yeah yeah that was um something that i asked an artist um to commission for me and i i was thinking like what could be a perfect representation of me 
because I, I like so many characters and so many different comic books and Star Wars. So I was like, man, how can I have all of these things? And then I was like, oh, Miles is perfect. That is that represents me as a person. So that was uh, I, I love that when I was able to get that. Yeah, it looks great. Thank you. Well, we're happy to have you on the show. And uh, this is going to be a really fun episode. This is a character that you know I've been super excited to get into. And and again, another character that I think both of us were like, we need to read more Miles stories. I mean, Absolutely. We, we know about Miles, but, you know, I can't really say I've, I've been reading every issue because he's everywhere. <laughs> like there's everywhere. he's all over the place. Like this is one of those characters that just blew up and. He's been in like every crossover and every big event in the ultimate universe and then the main universe and just like he's just everywhere. So it, it was it's hard to keep up with with this guy. Yeah, it's crazy from where he started to, like I said, where he has evolved into. And like you said, he has blown up. Um, I think ever since the uh, 2018 was into the Spider-Verse and the PlayStation Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. I think that blew him up for the mainstream for people who weren't reading comics who did who had never oh there's a black spider-man like who did not know i think that film was a huge influence and we got across the spider-verse coming out next week Mm. yeah when this episode drops we'll be seeing it the following day oh man i that is my most anticipated film of 2023 i've been looking forward to this for I don't know how long. I just bought the Miles Morales skin in Fortnite and I was playing with him the other day and I was doing dances as Miles Morales. So it was great. All right. Well, let's learn a little bit about Miles uh, through the bio. So Miles Morales Spider-Man is a character created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli for Marvel Comics. Originally appearing in Marvel's Ultimate Universe, Miles Morales reluctantly took the mantle of Spider-Man after his reality's Peter Parker was slain. Eventually, making his way into the main Marvel continuity in 2015, Miles shares the title of Spider-Man with Peter. Miles is also the protagonist of the 2018 film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, boosting his popularity even more. Axel Alonso, Marvel's then editor-in-chief, said, When we were planning Ultimatum, we realized that we were standing at the brink of America electing its first African-American president. And we acknowledged that maybe it was time to take a good look at one of our icons. Reaction to the character was varied. Some, including Spider-Man's co-creator, Stan Lee, approved the creation of a positive role model for children of color. I love Stan. Others expressed displeasure at the replacement of Peter Parker, with The Guardian and Fox News reporting that some fans viewed the decision as an attempt by Marvel Comics to exhibit political correctness, and that the introduction of a minority Spider-Man was simply a publicity stunt to attract more readers. A charge Alonzo denied. Axel Alonso said, people who say this is a PC stunt misses the point. Miles Morales is a reflection of the culture in which we live. I love the fact that my son Tito will see a Spider-Man swinging through the sky whose last name is Morales. And judging from the response, I can see I'm not alone. I love that. And I I wanted to include that quote because it was just like, clearly it means something. And it 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 certainly means something to uh us and and uh to every like so many people out there and you know the news hears that and they're like why they're changing it blah 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 you know but it's man they couldn't be more wrong 
Yeah, and that was a huge thing. Like I said, when I was I was reading Miles when he was created, when when it was first introduced as, hey, they're they're making a black Spider-Man. Number one, it was big news because Peter Parker had been around since the '60s, and this was a a new take on it. But we also had the backlash. There was a huge backlash against it, where people were like, "Why does he have to be black? Peter Parker's white, like, or Spider Man is white. Like he was white originally, so he should always be white. There should never be anything. This is going to be just a bad carbon copy of Spider Man." And we get that. Even today in 2023, I hear a lot of that, whether it's, oh, why does it have to be a girl version? Why does it have to be an Indian version? Um, there was, I, I did a, on my YouTube channel, um, there was a, not even an, an official casting of a black rogue, but it was just the actress was like, hey, I, I could, be, I could play rogue. Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Kiki Palmer. My YouTube mm-hmm. channel comments was like why is it why do you have to change it she's white in the comic and i was like what is going on this is 2023 i thought this like i i I was not aware of this section of the population that thinks this way but yeah miles was the same way and it's crazy to think back on that time when he wasn't as popular as he is now after this spider-verse and after the playstation video game but yeah it was just it was a dark time but I kind of I tried to stay away from that. And I had a you know, my comic book friends are are not like that. So we are all like, yeah, Miles is a new Spider-Man. And also the ultimate universe was a place where you could have a black Spider-Man. You could kill Peter Parker. So it was something that I thought was a bold move that they actually killed Peter Parker and they introduced him. OK, what if Spider-Man was created today? He probably would be black. It wouldn't necessarily be a white Peter Parker. It would be someone of color. It would be something that represents multiracial, which I am also multiracial. My son is is biracial. So it's the the representation and inclusion of seeing him on the on that big screen. Like I said at the beginning in my introduction, it means a lot to me. And I'm super excited to see what my son when he grows up miles is just going to be there like like peter parker was for me miles is just going to already be established all these movies are going to be out the games are going to be out so he's going to have a rich history to pull from and he's not going to know a time when miles morales wasn't a known character or people had a backlash against him so i'm just i'm excited to see what what uh, comes out when when my son is older I, I really liked, and I'm, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, it is, it's a line when people were kind of coming up about like, why does there have to be a black Spider-Man or, or why are we like having different races play legacy characters, things like that. And I forget who it was, but they said, anyone can wear the mask. I, I think it might've been Stanley, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. So I can't quote exactly who it was, but I just remember hearing that and be like, absolutely. Like anyone can throw on that mask and be a hero. If they have enough courage to do so, do it. Like, right. it, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you can be a hero, be a freaking hero. Right. Stanley, they actually, that line is in the Into the Spider-Verse movie, and he does say it when he's in the costume store selling oh, the, the mask. Uh, but yeah, that is a, a huge, uh, hugely influential line. And I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like, why not? Like, I, I just don't, like, it doesn't compute in my brain to say, 
that person is a different skin color, so they shouldn't be that character. Why? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, I just wasn't raised that way. I don't think that way. So, yeah, I was like, that stuff just goes off my back. It's just like, I don't care. I don't like to engage in that. But, um, right. yeah, it, it is, it's a huge thing. And not only for African Americans, because as much as, you know, like I said, I am African American and people call him the black Spider-Man, but I also don't like to downplay him being Latino either because right. that is a huge part of his character. His mom, yeah. when he's speaking yeah. to her in Spanish, that's mm -hmm. how my wife, like when I'm here around her and her family, like she's speaking Spanish, she speaks Spanish to my son. So like that is a huge part of Miles' character. And I, I love that he's not necessarily just one side he is both sides of the coin and, and he like i said he represents me and my family let's dive into the publication history quickly so miles morales's first appearance was in ultimate fallout 4 where he battled the villain kangaroo uh, a short time after peter parker's death he appeared in ultimate comic spider-man 2011 this was done by his co-creators brian michael bendis and sarah pacelli despite the initial critical success due to low sales it was canceled with issue 28 Miles then appeared in Cataclysm, which is where 616 Galactus comes to the ultimate comics reality. Then we had Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man, once again written by Bendis, then followed by All New Ultimates by Michael Fife and Amilcar Pinnacle. I apologize greatly if I butchered your <laughs> name. I am so sorry. I am horrible with that. We then had The Secret Wars. I believe this one dropped in 2015, written by Hickman. This ended the ultimate Marvel imprint, bringing Miles into the main Marvel continuity. In 2015, we had two separate Spider-Man titles, so Spider-Man and Spider-Men, which revolved around Peter Parker and Miles Morales, both using the title of Spider-Man at the same time. Later on, we had Miles Morales' Spider-Man in 2018, by writer Saladin Ahmed and artist Javier Garon. And then one of the cool te coolest teams that Miles Morales is on is The Champions, which came out in 2020. And this is about uh, Miles Morales teaming up with Kamala Khan and Sam Alexander's Nova. Again, in 2022, we had Miles Morales Spider-Man. That, that is a lot of titles for oh, Miles. Yeah. Extremely popular. He, I don't know if he's gone a full year since his debut without having some type of title or involvement. He's been a consistent player in the game since his debut. And he was also part of the animated uh, shows that were coming out, the ultimate Spider-Man, um, the Dis mm -hmm. Disney Spider-Man, like, and he's, uh, so my current son uh, is watching the toddler show that's on Disney. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's, and he's, he's been part of all the toys everything so spider miles morales is legit he has it's been stable. there from the beginning and uh i think it's only going to get bigger as like i said as these movies keep coming out i don't even see like books in the aisles and stores anymore if there's a spider-man book it has like peter parker spider-man miles and gwen on the mm. cover i hardly see things that are just peter parker spidey suit on anything anymore mm-hmm which is crazy because that, I mean, you could argue probably between Superman and Spider-Man, like the most iconic costumes of right. all time. And that fact, like you just said, of seeing Miles and Gwen, even just as much as the classic Peter suit is, that's just a testament to the popularity of those characters. 
I, I do want to pose a question to both of you. Okay. Whose suit is better? Well, I'll go first. Um, the Miles Morales, they've been tweaking his costume. And, and recently, they had one of the most horrific costumes I've ever seen in a comic book. The one with the little, like, hood that goes yeah. Yeah. That like collar thing. I was like, what? Why would yeah. you change the black? <laughs> like that is so iconic. Like, why would you change that? Anyways, yeah. So let's not think about that suit. Um, but just like the the classic black, or even the one that's in Into the Spider-Verse, where he took the red and right. he spray painted over it. Man, it's it's very tough for me, but I think Peters wins out just because was the one that inspired everything it was the one that came first and it's it has needed very little tweaks kind of like superman's where it's like you've had it for 60 plus years or you know however long it is and it still hits today and it still lives up whereas a lot of those suits they came off as corny like they didn't evolve and they did not translate spider-man's peter's suit has been one that has stood the test of time so miles still has a few more years to get there but i'm gonna go the classic original peter suit i would choose miles um i i, I mean i love everything about peter's suit and uh and i even i my favorite was the um uh homecoming like the the, the mm. mcu mm. like suit i just i love the little like black trim and everything that they put together and uh. the stuff with the eyes and everything but as far as like just just um i don't know like it, something about miles suit is just it's striking and it it feels like what spider-man would be if he was trying to be you know a little stealthy and mm. kind of you know needed to investigate things like like a lot of times you know like trying to stick to ceilings and sneak up on bad guys and whatever like it it, it makes sense that it's dark and the black suit of peter was one of the coolest things and and so this is just kind of like a slight reinterpretation of of that and um, yeah i mean again it's it, it all comes back to like what would what represents today like what represents this time and this generation and, and miles wins it for me yeah man gotta give props to sarah pacelli yeah. yeah well it was a trick question because you're both wrong it's ben riley's spider-man suit all right moving on to the origin <laughs> no. <laughs> gwen has the best outfit but just the ballerina <laughs> shoes do it for you <laughs> yeah I, it just just her whole outfit is bomb like the colors everything just they did a great it. job on that one they did so good Oh, uh, let's talk about Miles's origin. So Miles Morales is a 13 year old student in Brooklyn. He lives with his mom, Rio, and his dad, Jefferson. He likes to hang out at his uncle Aaron's house, but he's not supposed to. He got a best friend named Genki, another big nerd that he's known since three years old. Miles and his family are dealing with a lot of kids in the busy cities are dealing with trying to get a break in their education. There's a lottery system that students can enter to get out of the public school system and into a nice science-focused charter school. Miles, along with Genki, get selected to attend. Meanwhile, Norman Osborn, evil Norman Osborn, has hired Dr. Conrad Marcus to re-engineer the superhuman abilities of Spider-Man using his blood. Spider-Man's blood. Aaron Davis, who moonlights as the masked criminal, the Prowler, steals the formula as one of the engineered spiders crawls into his duffel bag. A few days later, Miles is bitten by this spider while visiting his uncle's apartment. 
He only tells Genki about it, but doesn't tell his parents due to his father's distaste of superheroes. So at first, Miles does not feel too happy about having these powers, but after witnessing Spider-Man's death at the hands of the Green Goblin, Miles feels guilty and realizes that he could have helped. Miles learns from Gwen Stacy why Peter Parker did what he did, and Genki suggests he assumes the mantle of Spider-Man. He uses a Halloween costume of Spider-Man, but people feel it's in bad taste. He also is confronted by Spider-Woman and is brought to S.H.I.E.L.D. where he meets Nick Fury, who tells him about his uncle. Miles helps S.H.I.E.L.D. deal with Electro using his Venom Blast, and Fury agrees to let Miles go and gives him a modified black and red outfit of his very own, thus launching Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Oh, it's such a good suit. Yeah. I love it so much. All right, let's learn a little bit more about the character now. So, Miles Gonzalo Morales is uh, also known as Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Kid Arachnid, Spin, and Captain Universe. Powers and abilities include superhuman strength, speed, agility, and reflexes. You know, like a spider. Ability to cling to solid surfaces. Camouflage. He's basically invisible. He can go invisible. It's super awesome. Looks great in the comics and in the movie. He also has the Venom Strike or Venom Blast, which gives off a massive like shock to enemies. And sometimes it's delayed and it can be used in really interesting ways. Very cinematic. He also has bioelectric energy threads produced from his fingers. He's precognitive, so the spider sensibility. Resistance to injury. Wrist-mounted web shooters. He's potentially immortal because it's been hinted at that there's an alteration made in the Osborne formula that has affected Miles. We'll see. Uh, he actually just showcased a new power in the most recent Miles Morales Spider-Man oh, yeah, issue number five. Um, he has an energy sword, almost like a lightsaber <laughs> that he creates out of his venom power. So that's a brand new power that we are just now uh, coming to t coming to bear. Lance's uh, Power Rangers uh, uh, spider sense went up. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because Miles has been playing around with that Venom Blast in different ways throughout the comic runs. In the 2015 run, he's able to kind of build up that energy if he hasn't used it for a while and do this like implosion that blows everyone back. So it makes sense that he's going to be able to mess around with that a little bit more and f like tweak it, use it in different ways. So I, it's, it's basically same power, but he's, he's expanding on how he can use it. It's very much very like flash esque mm. where flash is constantly learning how to use his speed in different ways. And it, it's cool to see miles continue to evolve as a character because he's still so young. We're going right. to see great things from him in the future in comics. It's going to happen. Right. Cause it, they've aged him up a little bit. They don't, reveal his age as much as they used to like when he was first introduced they talked about him being 13 all the time now he's in high school and he's i want to say just judging by where he's at it looks like he's like 16 maybe yeah. 16 17, 17 right now yeah that's true the sword looks dope oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that is great that they're like you said evolving his powers and that is like the video game. Um, there's a ton of stuff that they use the powers for that that shock wave, that explosion, mm -hmm. and it only makes sense because that's the that and the invisibility are really the only things that set him and Peter's powers apart. Like everything else, 
they're the exact same. So the it, it makes sense that they're kind of pushing the the Venom powers now just to be like, oh, this is a different Spider-Man. He's not the exact same as Peter Parker. He's not Ben Riley. <laughs> no Ben Riley. <laughs> Uh, affiliations for Miles include the Avengers, the Young Avengers, the Champions, the Ultimates, and the Spider Army slash the Web Warriors. Supporting characters include Genki Lee, Rio Morales, his mother, Jefferson Davis, his father, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, Kamala Khan, and Sam Alexander, who is Nova. Romantic relationships. Mm. Miles is very popular. <laughs> include Katie Bishop, who in the Ultimates line turns out to be a Hydra agent. Uh, Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider from another universe. Kamala Khan. Tiana Toomes, who goes by Starling as the daughter of the Vulture. Lana Baumgartner, known as Bombshell. And Barbara Rodriguez. Antagonists for Miles include the Green Goblin, Blackheart, Prowler slash Aaron Davis, his uncle, Black Cat, Hammerhead, Null, Carnage, Salem, The Ringer, Scorpion, and the list goes on and on. <laughs> Literally every single Spider-Man villain that Peter's ever had has also been trying to kill Miles as well. <laughs> but I would argue that Miles even has, you know, he's helped out the Avengers and he's gone cosmic. And I mean, like in, in a very short amount of time, like he's done a lot of stuff and he's taken on a lot of big names. Yes. So, I mean, he's he's taken on god doom and in uh, secret wars you know <laughs> and he was one of those few characters that they brought over from the ultimate universe like mm -hmm. that was the i i want to say that was probably behind the scenes a huge thing about hey we're gonna get rid of the ultimate universe we need to have this event to bring miles over like we got to come up with a reason why he's in the 616 why he's going to be a just a mainstream character from now on and i think that was just because of his popularity he just became such a, a fan favorite that people were like i don't want to lose miles morales i don't want to have him in another universe i want him in the mainstream and also when he gets his mcu debut that's going to be like a, a major moment mm -hmm. well we've talked about miles morales spider-man so it's it's time we talk about the craters. So let's go into the archives. Miles Gonzalo Morales was created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Brian Michael Bendis was born to a Jewish American family in Cleveland, Ohio. He was only 13 when he decided a comic book career was his professional path and began working on his own comic book, including a Punisher versus Captain America story, which he revised several times. <laughs> Discovering Marvel Comics at an early age, Bendis began emulating his idols like George Perez, John Romita Sr., Jack Kirby, and Frank Miller. Bendis later found crime comics, which he then traced back to source novels, which cemented his love of crime stories. This in turn led to his exposure to the documentary Visions of Light, which taught him the rules of film noir, impacting his creativity greatly, which you can absolutely tell by his stories. There's so much like crime involvement at 19, Bendis enrolled in Cleveland Institute of Art while also working at a downtown comic shop, where he would eventually sell some of his early work. He started out as an artist, working for local magazines and papers creating caricature art, which he did not particularly enjoy. 
he would later begin writing and illustrating his own work before producing for Caliber Comics, including Spunky Todd, the Psychic Boy, which <laughs> I looked up and is uh, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> such a weird looking comic, but oh man, it's a good time. It was at Caliber Comics that Bendis would meet many of his future collaborators, including Michael Oming, David Mack, and Mark Andrako. Bendis began his first in a series of independent noir crime comics, including Fire in 1993 and AKA Goldfish in 1994. Bendis' best known early work would be Jinx, which was centered around a bounty hunter, once again, set in crime noir setting. In 1996, Bendis jumped over to Image Comics after co-founder Todd McFarlane was impressed by AKA Goldfish, leading to Bendis writing Sam and Twitch, Homicide Detectives, which appeared in Spawn Number 1. So he was one of the people that was running and overseeing the spinoff from the Spawn universe. These characters had started all the way back with Spawn 1. And mm. Todd McFarlane was so impressed by Bendis' writing that he's like, hey, these characters that were literally at the start of the reason why I am who I am today. Yeah, take those ones over. I trust <laughs> you. Go for it. That's a lot of faith to have in a creator. Oh, yeah. It didn't stop there for him in the Spawn universe because Bendis, after writing 20 of those issues, went on to write the majority of the first 10 issues of Hellspawn. In 2000, Bendis and Oming co-created the popular series Powers. Powers would win an Eisner for Best New Series in 2001, as well as leading to Bendis winning for Best Writer in not only 2002, but in 2003 as well. And Powers is a fantastic book. It's so good. And and I, I would love to do a Powers episode uh, at some point because it's it's just, yeah, it's really fun. And that got turned into a short-lived uh, mm -hmm. TV show. Yeah, short. <laughs> the year 2000 was a busy time for Bendis as he began writing Ultimate Spider-Man at Marvel after his friend David Mack started working for Joe Quesada's Marvel Knights imprint. And it was Quesada that recommended Bendis to Marvel Comics president Bill Hemas. Bendis adapted Spider-Man's 11-page origin issue, Amazing Fantasy 15 from 1962, into a seven-issue arc, which often outsold the mainstream Marvel Universe Amazing Spider-Man series. Do you think that like the Amazing Spider-Man team at that point was a little perturbed that an <laughs> alt-world story was outselling them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They were like, whatever, man. <laughs> Bendis worked alongside Mark Bagley for a consecutive 111 issues, which makes their partnership one of the longest in American comic book history, as well as beating Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four collaboration, making them the longest running series in Marvel Comics history. In 2001, Bendis took over writing Daredevil alongside Alex Maleev, which is, oh my gosh, beautiful. That that run is sick. I didn't like Daredevil until that run. Like that is one of the runs that completely changed my mind. And I that was one of the ones that I always say, okay, it's not about the character, it's about the writer. A, a good writer can make any character interesting. And because when I was growing up, I was always like, Oh, Daredevil's lame. He doesn't have cool powers like Spider-Man. But that Bendis run, I was like, this is one of my favorite characters now because of this. It's good to know we're going to be talking about Daredevil soon. Bendis was on fire at this point, helping Marvel launch their adult Max imprint with Alias, the first appearance of Jessica Jones, along with artist Michael Gallardo. Rawr. In, 
It was a, it was a little spicy. <laughs> it, it was the adult Max. <laughs> Some of those covers. Oof. In 2004, Bendis oversaw the Avengers Dissembled storyline, leading to the 2005 series, The New Avengers, which Bendis launched. Also in 2005, Bendis wrote the iconic House of M series. 2007 saw him working on The Mighty Avengers. 2008, Secret Invasion and Dark Reign. 2009, Dark Avengers and Siege. 2010, launched Scarlet with Icon Comics alongside Alex Maleev once again. As well as in 2011, working on Ultimate Fallout with Bendis and Pacelli debuting Miles Morales in issue four, releasing in July of that year. So basically like every summer crossover event in the mainstream and and like continuing to build the ultimate universe. Crazy. It You look at that list and it is bonkers how much work he did and like all of the major storylines that came out of Marvel within that decade. It was just it was Bendis. Yes. He was on fire. Right. That was a crazy time. And at that time, he was my favorite writer during that period because it was like everything he was writing was just fantastic so now let's jump over to our artist sarah pacelli was born in italy and started her career in animation she worked as a storyboard artist animator and character designer feeling like a tiny cog in a machine pacelli embarked into comic books after meeting artist david messina pacelli had a love for animation and anime but had never really considered comics as a career she started as Messina's layout assistant for IDW Star Trek series. Having dipped her toes into the industry, Pacelli submitted her work to the Chester Quest International Talent Search in 2008 and was named one of the finalists by Marvel editor C.B. Sibulski. This directly led to her onboarding to Marvel Comics, with her first work being the limited series Nick's No Way Home, followed by The Runaways in 2009. In 2010, she joined the team working on Ultimate Comic Spider-Man with issue 15. The following year, Pacelli would join Bendis on Ultimate Fallout 4, where she illustrated the first image of Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Pacelli would go on to illustrate multiple Miles Morales' Spider-Man-centric titles alongside Bendis, and in 2011, she won the Eagle Award for Favorite Newcomer Artist, beating out a host of, like, this is a great grouping of artists. So, Raphael Albuquerque, Fiona Staples, Sean Murphy, and Brian Leo Malley. That is a crazy list. Like every single one of those artists are five out of five. Wow. Like crazy. It, 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 but like her art is so good. It's so good. I love it. And it defined Miles for that early um, period. Like I said, she was the co, like you said, she was the co-creator. Um, so that was the first time we got to see him. And for a long time, that's what I thought of was her artwork when I thought about Miles Morales. Absolutely. Now that we've talked about the creators, let's talk about some reading recommendations that we can give to our listeners. So, Vector, how about you start us off? So, speaking of Sarah Pacelli and that first introduction, that's what I have two. Can I cheat? Can I yeah. have a half and half? You, you can cheat. You're a guest. Absolutely. Okay. So, the I think if you're going to get into Miles Morales, you have to read the the original appearance um, in that that ultimate um, universe. And when Bendis created that, that whole period of time when he's coming in and we talked about with the, um, the Halloween costume, like that ultimate fallout, which not a good series ultimate fallout. This is a person who loved the ultimate comics. Like I was reading every single thing that was coming out of ultimate and I was loving everything 
Ultimate Fallout was not good. That was a <laughs> terrible event. <laughs> and uh, Miles Morales was, uh, I think, the best thing to come out of that. But um, I think at least read Ultimate Fallout to see his first appearance and grouping in kind of that Ultimate Comics Spider-Man uh, period. That is the the creation of Miles Morales. And then the current book, um, that Cody Ziegler is doing, which has the uh, Venom lightsaber that we talked about. That book is amazing. That book is fantastic. That book so is fire. I, I, yeah, it's it's really good. That is my 100% pick for uh, what is going on right now. And I also got to give a shout out to that um, Saladin Ahmed book that, that you talked about mm-hmm. earlier as well, because that really, I thought, brought the fun of of miles morales that one's miles morales colon spider-man from 2018 and unfortunately that run as it goes along kind of peters out and gets worse and worse but that original like that first trade of miles morales spider-man is fantastic and at that time in 2018 that was better than the the peter books that were coming out like that was the fun spider-man yeah was the miles book so those are my recommendations the first volume is called Straight Out of Brooklyn. Yes. And I agree. It's definitely it's definitely a lot of fun. It it, it I think uh, since we're just talking about that, I think that one, like you said, loses loses its impact when it starts to like, hey, we it's like the Marvel mandated like, oh, you got to get all these other things that are happening. And like it just kind of it's the problem with a lot of books. You know, it's like they, they start to have these you know you have to include this other thing or incorporate this event or whatever it is right it was that plus they they started uh, they changed the artists like it was Mm -hmm. a a number of things the that costume that i said is one of the worst ones i've ever seen like he's got (laughs) this this uh collar around his face it's like i don't know what is going on with that costume i'm looking at it right now like that doesn't even look like Miles Morales to me. I, I don't and even. The know eyes are all red. It's yeah, just all the, the red eyes. I don't. And they Weird. in the in the comic, the explanation was like he met this fashion designer, and he's like, "Hey, just give me a new costume." Like, what? Why? Like your your classic costume is fine. There's no. It didn't get ripped off, or there wasn't any specific reasoning for I it. I think it but, did actually got got destroyed. I I thought maybe I was. Dang, I can't even remember now. But it was <laughs> whatever it was. Wasn't a good reason. And uh, they threw in like the he had his own clone saga and it was Mm -hmm. there was a number of things that that run just man, it started out so great. And then the way that it ended was like, but the Cody Ziegler run is is fantastic right now. My headcanon for the costume change was that Miles finally realized it's cold in New York and wearing (laughs) a unitard does not work. I mean, you're not wrong, but they could have done a better design on that. I agree. I'm going to design a puffy jacket, Miles. You know, Ooh, just like the... That would be better. That would be better. Just black and kind of shiny, yeah. you know, and then you can like stuff it in a backpack. Yeah. Or something. All right, Chris, what's your reading, Rick? I'm going to pick the limited series Spider-Men from 2012. This is another Bendis and Pacelli joint. Uh, and this is when Peter from the 616 and Miles from the ultimate universe first meet when Mysterio creates a portal to the ultimate universe. And I think it's, it's, I think it's five issues. I, 
I was just like, I'm going to read this for continuity sake, but I really out of everything that I read and I definitely read more than like just one thing. Um, I just liked this the most. I feel like the initial run is, is interesting, but it kind of took a while and it was kind of like, all right, it's interesting. And, you know, but it didn't, it kind of lacked pop. And this one was like pop and it was fun. And the, the characters were great and it had great emotional moments for miles and for Peter. And it had some really key moments for miles. Just like he got the web shooters at the end given to him from aunt may and Gwen, um, Peter from the 616 got to see May and, and Gwen Stacy from an alternate universe. And and like they got emotional at first, they got really mad. They were like, who are you? And, you know, and then they were like, oh, it's really you. <laughs> and but it's older, Peter, like because their Peter in the ultimate universe was younger. And I just got really emotional and and they got to say things because Spider-Man from their universe didn't get to say goodbye. And it was just like, oh, you know, like this. It, it it was it was uh it was really like touching um and then just kind of having that endorsement from a peter parker saying yeah you can you can do this i want you to be the spider-man you know you can you can take over from this universe and um you got this and like it was really cool just to see like their first interaction and and you know they fought at first of course because that's what they always do they're like who are you what's going on this is weird and uh but then they end up working together and and um yeah i just i i love that story it was uh it was really fun that one was very similar to the into the spider-verse moment when the jake johnson peter meets aunt may and and Uh sees her that that emotional connection and seeing an older peter Um, yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of echoes of that bendis stuff for sure I'm I'm staying fairly close to what you just talked about, Chris, because I'm gonna, just going to choose Spider-Man 2016 uh, issues one through five from Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Again, hitting on those emotional cues. Uh, Miles is trying to learn how to balance out school life, being a superhero, his relationship with the Avengers, uh, how to make it look like he's not on drugs or constantly being obsessed with girls because that was like the big idea was that his his abuela was like he's on drugs that's why he's doing horrible in school and like she hires a private detective to find out what's going on with him she hires a a, a jessica drew jessica jones Je- Je- jessica jones yeah, yeah, yeah sorry jessica jones which is great but the this uh five issue arc is really about miles trying to figure out this balance in his life his buddy Genki gets a little overzealous sharing some information about Miles that leads to a lot of drama, but it's all relationship based, which works so well for any Spider-Man story. I like it because it's so grounded. Spider-Man is meant to be a grounded character. You feel like it could be anyone under that mask. And this is the perfect fitting series to kind of tell that story. And it also includes and a little bit of an evolution of Miles's powers as well. Like I had mentioned earlier, him kind of playing around with that Venom Strike, Venom Blast uh, ability. But another great series, Bendis and Pacelli teaming up again. You can't really go wrong with them working on a Miles Morales story. And and these are all, I mean, great recommendations. And the nice thing about Miles is that he does fill in so many different types of entry points, like people that might not be into comics. They see the movie and they're like, oh, I want to see Miles. So like there's a just about Miles intro story. There's Miles and Peter with the Spider-Man. There's 
um, you know, Miles kind of more recent stuff. There's the the champions, which is great if you want to see Miles in a team book with Kamala Khan and Nova and Hulk. And, you know, I mean, like there's that's kind of like the new young Avengers was the champions. Right. And and that's a great book. And, and he falls really well into a team aspect. Even the stuff with like Ultimate Carnage when he was in that and oh. and, you know, oh, just seeing so him good. team up with Venom. Like so for fans that are like Venom fans, like, I mean, I'm, you know, like Lance and uh, I, I was curious about that, too. So like when I was going through it and I was like in, in the uh, in the Marvel app, I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out. And it, <laughs> it was it was cool. Like It was uh, pretty yeah. neat. And I like how Miles Miles is like, uh, yeah, it's called the Venom Blast. And he's like, oh, nice. <laughs> you know, Venom's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Miles's involvement with like absolute carnage and and kind of like the King and Black stuff was so good. Yeah, that was one um, that I I really liked um, him appearing in another title and and being part of that Spider Universe and also part of the um, the Spider the Spider Verse comic that oh yeah kind of expanded upon the whole Spider like totem and the spider like oh okay there's all these other spider men and then obviously that's what really inspired into the spider verse but that dan yeah. slot spider verse book where miles kind of steps up and becomes uh, you talked about it the the web warriors like he becomes one of the leaders i think it's really him and peter in that spider verse storyline that are like the heads and they had a sequel, which I did not like as much, but that one, Miles also took like a, a really big role in that one. I agree with you, uh, Vactor, that the most recent one that launched the Miles Morales Spider-Man issue with, with Ziegler, um, the, the art in that is just really like kinetic and mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's it's just, there's so much action right away. And it's, it's uh, I mean, I love Sarah Pacelli's art uh, it's it, he's uh, right now just like oh man i mean just it's it's so beautiful and clean and um and the art in that one and the storytelling it just gets it's kind of like taking miles to the next level it's like yes. i love the, a, a nice reinterpretation of it and the, the action and the fighting and even just like the the character design uh of of all of his cast and everything in the new series is really fun so um definitely that's that's a fun one just to kind of be like hey i just want to I don't want to have to wade through all the backstory, um, but just getting into like what's new and a good place to start, like the 2022 Miles Morales Spider-Man series. Reading suggestions done, but let's keep talking about comics or really anything Miles Morales related because we're talking about our grails right now. All right, what do you got? What did you get? So uh, the listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but I have a Miles Morales Funko Pop with the background of his original appearance where he's wearing that Halloween costume nice. of Peter's. So that was, <laughs> uh, I had to get that. That's and then amazing. I also had to get the uh, Spider-Man. Gosh. These are the Across the Spider-Verse uh, Jordans that just came oh, out. Oh, man. Oh, those are so sick. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, it's, uh, you're not going to be able to see this, listeners, but uh, it's just super clean, <laughs> red imagery. It's just all kinds of across the spider bush goodness. Yeah. It's... And I'm also an idiot because I had the the original Into the Spider-Verse Jordans that came out and mm. I sold them. I looked it up the other day. Um, they're now selling for about four times what 
I sold them oh. for. So if I had just held on to them, uh, but I'm going to learn my lesson with these ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. That's a good call. <laughs> I got to say that Miles Morales PlayStation game is one of my favorite video games of all time. First of all, that Spider-Man PlayStation game is I I would tell people if they ask me what's your favorite Spider-Man movie, I tell them that PlayStation Spider-Man game. <laughs> the story is so good in that. It's good. It's really good. I was like in tears at the end of it. It was like emotional and just fantastic performances and I think just those two combined that Spider-Man game, which has the introduction of miles in it. And then the miles game where he becomes miles Morales um, are the things to me that stand out as like, Hey, what is like your favorite piece of miles Morales, you know, memorabilia or whatever it is. I think it's gotta be that video game because I, I love playing as miles doing the invisibility, doing the venom blast. Um, it's just fun. And I, and I do really like that voice actor that plays him. It's, it's kind of weird because like, I love Shamik Moore's miles in mm-hmm. the animated movies, but I also love his in the video games. Like the, those actors, they have two different takes on miles, but that's also k- kind of interesting when we're, we're talking about the evolution from Bendis to Cody Ziegler now and every writer that's come on has kind of had a different style and that early miles, like it's not the same as the, the current miles. Like he didn't have a personality as much. Mm -hmm. So I like that the different voice actors have come in and kind of given their own takes on it. And then the different writers of the different series, um, uh, Najee Jeter is the, the PlayStation mm-hmm. sector, nice. but yeah, I think, yeah. and he also did the voice in the on cartoon. That. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that was great synergy having those two together. So I, I love those actors. It's like, it would be hard for me to pick. Like if you said, just give me one miles actor, it'd be hard for me to pick between those two. Chris, do you have a grail for miles? I, I, you know, I'm not sure. And uh, this is a, another reason that I need to go through my collection, but I mean, I just got, um, I just got the little trade paperback of his first uh, ultimate comics run um, just to kind of like pick up on stuff. I was like, I'm going to get some stuff. And then I got this Spider-Man miles Morales from, I think this is right before, uh, right before secret wars two. Um, Cause it kind of mostly deals with iron man and captain Marvel and stuff like that. So it's, it's before that happens before that goes down, but he's like, you know, kind of teaming up a little bit with, Kamala and, and Nova and it it's about his dad um you know revealing his big secrets and things like that so um so I got I, I wanted to yeah I mean I don't know if I have individual issues I don't think I did uh with the ultimate line I got a, I ended up getting a lot of ultimate x-men and ultimates but that was kind of like the two that I got into um oh man ultimate fantastic four was really good yeah that was fun too <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have anything that's a standout Miles Grail. I did. <laughs> uh, I, I I did have a big Grail. So uh, when I was in grad school, I was uh, working at 
a local comic shop just basically for store credit so I could continue my comic book obsession just because I noticed they need help. So I would just go in and help price things out and then they would give me store credit. I could really get any ongoing book I wanted and every once in a while I would be able to pick out something from back issues. And I, one day I noticed they had Ultimate Fallout 4, so first appearance of Miles Morales, and it was only posted for 50 bucks. And even though I was broke as a joke in grad school, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. So for a period of time in my life, I owned Ultimate Fallout 4. But after grad school, I passed my board exam so that I could be an occupational therapist. And then the pandemic hit the next month and there were no jobs and I had some bills to pay. So I sadly had to let go of Ultima Fallout 4 because I had less than 300 bucks in my bank account at the time. And I sold it for 300 bucks. So I doubled my <laughs> net worth by selling that one book. And then like within six months, that book skyrocketed and value even more. But it got me through the time I needed. So I can thank Miles yeah. Morales for helping me get through a hard time. He'll always have a soft place in my heart for being able to help pay those bills that I had at that point in time. Yeah. But I also have one other grail for Miles that I'm very happy to have in my collection. Because when I was reselling books at the height of the pandemic, because I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I was like, hey, I want more comics in my life. And there was one collection of graded books that uh, me and Jeremy, who Jeremy's been on the show multiple times, we found. And it was like a collection of, I want to say, close to 60 graded books that we bought at one time. And this book was included in there. And it was graded by Vault Comics, or Vault, um, which which didn't, not Vault Comics. It was graded by the company named Vault that is no longer in existence. And so we are, we, I have one of the few existing vault, vault graded comics <laughs> out there, but I'll show both of you. It is secret wars number one, and it's a variant and it was the heroes con variant. So this is Hickman's secret wars Ooh. and it is an homage to secret wars nice. eight, so, but miles Morales is in the iconic pose of that cover rather than Peter Parker nice. in the black suit. I love this cover. I love this book. I love that Miles is front and center. And so that is the only real grail I have. I have like some champions books and things involved with Miles as well. But this is like the big one that I have left. Oh, I forgot. I had a grail the other day, uh, but I ate it. It was a Spider-Man Whopper from Burger King. <laughs> and it was the Miles Morales <laughs> red bun. Uh, mozzarella cheese. It was good. <laughs> I don't have that grail anymore. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the best. I had a grail, but I ate it. <laughs> it's never been said before. <laughs> oh, that's Man, funny. you went through some hard times too. Yep. <laughs> it was good. Those four color prints don't taste like they used to. <laughs> I have the Miles Morales uh, card in Marvel Snap. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty dope. <laughs> I need to get that. All right. Well, let's talk about some random facts, boys. Woo! Although Miles is the first black Spider-Man, he's actually the second Latinx Spider-Man with Miguel O'Hara taking on the mantle in Spider-Man 2099. Bendis has stated his appearance about the character was influenced by Donald Glover's character Troy Barnes showing up in Spidey pajamas in the season two opener of Community. This itself was a nod to a fan campaign that wanted Donald Glover for the 2012 Amazing Spider-Man role. 
I love this fact. Donald Glover is also known as being Childish Gambino. He was on Community and then just his career blew up afterwards. He was everywhere. His music was fantastic. And one of my favorite songs that he produced that he that he came out with was called Not Going Back. And in that song, there is a line directly related to kind of pushing back against the people that said that he couldn't play Spider-Man because he was black. And the line that I love was, couldn't see me as Spider-Man, so now I'm spitting Venom. <laughs> and that, it's so good. Oh, I love that. I nice. listen to that song, and I go right to that point, yeah. and I re-listen to it multiple yeah. times because I love it. Nice. You know, Lance, you kind of sound like Childish Gambino. You got that that timber in your voice. You got that kind of Gambino-esque. <laughs> that that is uh, the ultimate compliment I could be given. I will take that and smile the rest <laughs> yeah. of the night. Well, there's more facts about Donald Glover. Uh, so Donald Glover later went on to voice Miles in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon uh, for, for a couple of episodes and later play Aaron Davis, his uncle in Spider-Man Homecoming. And when Peter looks up, Aaron Davis is in, in his interrogation heads up display. The aliases listed in there include the Prowler and a name Brian Pacelli, which is a combination of Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli, which is kind of cool. And I didn't know that. I saw that in a little thing and was like, oh, look at that. Um, there was a what if series all about Miles. What if Miles became Thor? What if Miles became Captain America? What if Miles became Wolverine? And what if Miles became the Hulk? So if you really just want to see all the different potential. <laughs> Uh, different universes uh, where Miles could become other heroes that exists in the What If series. And right right before that What If series came out, there were all these different Miles Morales Spider-Man variants of him as different heroes. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one, which I snagged, was the one of him as Captain America because the cover for that one is brilliant. His suit is a little bit different. It, it looks more like the Puerto Rican flag. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it is just stunning. It looks so cool. The 616 version of Miles Morales. So this is the current Marvel continuity, but the Miles Morales version from that, it turns out to be a pretty bad dude. Uh, he worked with the Kingpin becoming eventually a villain called ultimatum and he ends up going back to the ultimate universe where he uh, becomes a pretty uh, pain in the side for miles. Um, the, the, the storyline that I recommended spider Man ends with Peter back at home. And he's like, I wonder if miles Morales is in there. And it ends with a cliffhanger of him looking up and he's like, Oh no. <laughs> and then there's a sequel to spider Man later where it kind of deals with who is miles Morales you know, in in there and he they kind of shows him and he's he's a twisted looking dude. He's got like scars on his face. And yeah, um, so that's kind of interesting, too. That one was also written by Bendis. Yes. Yes. There are eight published hip hop songs with the title Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably my favorite fact. And, and I thought this was really interesting. Um, so Miles brought back his mother from death with a hamburger. <laughs> so during Secret Wars, Miles found Molecule Man imprisoned in God Emperor Doom's castle. At the time, Molecule Man asked for something to eat because he was in prison and Miles had a hamburger in his pocket, which he gave to him. Molecule Man said, I owe you one. And later, when Miles woke up in the rebuilt prime reality where it appeared he had always lived, he had a mother 
who had previously died and all of his friends were back. And he was back like he was there. Like, so I think the fact that Miles gave Molecule Man a hammer brought back his mom who had been killed um, and and just kind of brought him back and, and probably had to do with, you know, him existing. Right. Like, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris, was the hamburger red? No, it was not the hamburger from Burger King. Uh, <laughs> Burger King, if you want to endorse us, by the way, uh, you can hit us up at comicbookkeepers at gmail.com. Um, let's talk about some adaptations. Yes. So this is we've 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 you know, we can't hold back our geekness. Uh, sometimes it just already happens. Um, we've talked about a little bit about the games and stuff, but but let's kind of go down the list of some of the main things. Uh, we mentioned Ultimate Spider-Man uh, with which is the Donald Glover episodes and later by O.G. Banks. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which was, I think, on the Disney XD, which was where we have Najee Jeter going to school with Peter from the very start of the series. And I think around like uh, episode eight or nine is when we have an episode called Ultimate Spider-Man, where Miles uh, gets bit and now he's a Spider-Man as well. And it's interesting because in that series, uh, at the beginning of the series, Peter becomes Spider-Man. We see his journey. So he's only Spider-Man for like three months and then Miles comes along. <laughs> so pretty early on, it's there's two. Um, and eventually you have Gwen and Silk and, you know, you, you got these other uh, you got these other characters. Spidey and his amazing friends is the toddler friendly, like sort of the company that does PJ Masks does this show Spidey and his amazing friends. And I mention that because I, too, have kids that will watch that. And it's very cute and funny. And, you know, everything is all about like, oh, you have to learn your lesson, Gobby, you know, like. Well, almost every Marvel mobile game and platform game in the last 10 years <laughs> features Miles in some way, mostly as an unlockable character. And yes, that includes the ever-present Lego Marvel. Yeah. Now, Vactor has already mentioned the amazing Ma Marvel Spider-Man in 2018, where you get to play as Miles even before he gets bitten by a spider. In a DLC, The City That Never Sleeps, Peter begins to train Miles on how to use his powers. That's the first time you get to kind of play Miles uh, with some of his abilities. And then finally, in the Spider-Man Miles Morales game, you get to play as Miles, featuring more of Brooklyn, Genki, his mom, battling the Tinkerer and the Rhino and, and just got an amazing soundtrack, stunning graphics and voice acting. The game was just amazing. And uh, again, Shout out to Naji Jeter. His work in these games is so good. And it just conveys that conveys that awkward teen so well. I just love how Miles swings in that yes. game because yes. like Spider-Man, Spider uh, Peter Parker is very kind of clean and yeah. he's been Spider-Man for a while. And Miles is like when he lets go of the web, he's like, whoa, <laughs> he's kind of like yeah. falling and awkward. And it's so fun. It's so good. I, I just love how he kind of does tricks and he's not. He's not uh, polished. He looks very clumsy and it's it's really fun. And and plus, I think the the ultimate nerdy thing, and I'm sure you've done this factor, is you unlock the uh, Spider-Verse costume and you can play as the Spider-Verse version of Miles in the game. And it's it's like, huh? yes, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because awesome. it they changed the frame rate of it. So it's moving mm -hmm. like the animated yeah. movie. And it, it looks like part of the movie when i saw that my mind exploded and i said i need to play this right away and i did and there's 
an animation where he falls backwards and he's like 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 the movie yeah mm -hmm. they the video the designers on that game did a fantastic job i need a playstation 4 oh, yeah man. <laughs> or a five. you know i had the spider-man playstation 4 it was all red had a white spider on it also nice. sold i'm an idiot i should have kept all this stuff <laughs> Well, they are making <laughs> Spider-Man 2, and they just released a trailer. Uh, and I, I showed it, you know, I was like, Lance, you got to watch the trailer. Oh, my God. And, uh, of course, Spider-Man 2 is going to somehow feature Kraven the Hunter, and it's going to heavily feature the symbiote and Venom. And uh, the trailer, the 12-minute play, you know, playthrough or playable game. I cannot wait for Spider-Man 2 which they just showed a 10 minute trailer of. Yeah. Woo. It looks so good. I mean, even just the stuff with miles you know, focusing on miles, you know, Hibbs being able to spin his webs and like walk along them. Like that was dope. And like some of his abilities where he, he grabs several people and shocks them. Um, you know, there's a slingshot maneuver yes, that he does. Slingshot, slingshot maneuver. Oh. He has a, he has gliders, his little like web gliders on his. So he's like kind of got like a flight suit, and he's like soaring through the city, which I'm just gonna love because it's much faster travel and uh, it, it looks so good. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. I'm I'm a sucker for anything symbiote related. So Ooh. as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, I, I need. To at least borrow a system from somebody so I can play this. I need to. But I am I am also looking forward to actually enjoying something involving Craven the Hunter because there's mm. not much yeah, I have true. involved like story-wise where I have loved Craven. But this looks epic. I'm super excited. Um so and then finally we should talk about the animated films because this is where I think this is what really you know, broke miles into the mainstream, right? So Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse came out a couple of years ago. Uh, one best animated picture of the year. Um, tons of animation awards put Sony animation, like just as a big competitor for Disney and Pixar and everything. in, in terms of animation and just the style of that movie was, you know, I mean, Groundbreaking. It, it's kind of like taking that 3D aspect, but incorporating 2D elements and even like the kind of offset printing of comics. And it, it was the, it was a live moving comic book, like it, it, in, in no other way, only as close as maybe like something like Ang Lee's The Hulk was trying to do. Right. But right. but but in animation, in a style that was like, this looks like a comic that's been brought to life, like what a motion comic should be. Um, right. But it was beautiful and so well acted and the soundtrack was hot and and the story was amazing and yeah it was just uh, so good and the second one is supposed to be even better we're going to find out yeah. in a couple days but like uh, early reactions have been uh, uh, fantastic i haven't seen a single negative word said about it um so far but what you just said about into the spider-verse what's amazing to me is how influential it's been in the the years since it's been released, yeah, you're yeah. looking at so many animated movies now. Um, I'm thinking about the the Turtles movie that's coming out later this year. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah Mutant Mayhem. Yes, there's so many movies that they're. It, I feel like Into the Spider Verse unlocked something in animators where they're like, "Oh wait a minute, we could do something different." It doesn't have to be perfect. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't have to be yeah. realistic. 
we can change the frame rate. We can do stuff like that. Oh, Puss yeah. in Boots. That was the other one. Puss in um, Boots, yeah. The Last Wish. Yeah, yeah. When, when they have the fight scenes, they're all done in that different frame rate. Yep. Yeah, um, Mitchell's versus the Machines, mm-hmm. which is a which is a really fun movie. Yes, and it's the same studio, and right. that that has some great uh, animation uh, when they're like fighting the robots and, and just yeah, it's, it's a so crazy you, movie. You, but yeah, you have to give Into the Spider Verse credit for how influential they were. Where it was like other people started copying them, and to the point where now I think whenever people see that um, the different frame rate, they're like, oh, Spider Verse, like that's. Mm what they associate it with. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's what's amazing to me is not only is it just a fantastic story, but how influential we're going to look back on this in 20 years, I think, and say that was the one that's the the first time that it was, that it happened. And then all these other things that came after that um, and the creativity that we're seeing, like I said, with that turtles, just that mm-hmm. trailer alone, it was like, man, this is like, this is what animation can be like. Mm-hmm. I love Into the Spider-Verse so much. It it is my favorite Spider-Man film. Period. Uh it I love No Way Home. Like Spider-Man 2 will always have a great place in my heart. I am one of those people that love the amazing Spider-Man. Uh but there there's just something about the way Into the Spider-Verse was put together. It is a perfect story. It is beautiful. The, the soundtrack was my workout soundtrack for about six months after seeing the film because I could just listen to it on repeat and run forever with it. It it just has so much heart. You could just tell everyone involved was just so in the moment and wanted to give a fantastic product. And it comes through so strong. The sincerity that you hear in everyone's voices is just heartwarming and heartbreaking. And it, it takes you on this emotional roller coaster that leaves you finishing the story and then you just see Gwen again above his bed Mm -hmm. through the portal, and you're like yes more I need more of this and we're about to get more and I'm so ready and I just want it to be Thursday already so I can go see this movie (laughs) I have I have a little personal story to share with this and and how influential this is Uh, so my son was into Spider-Man and he was six at the time. And I was like, this is he's too young. And I saw it and I was like, this is amazing. And I, I was like, I kind of want to take him to see it. And I told my wife and, I was, and she's like, I don't know if he's too young. And I was like, well, I'll just take him. And if it's too much, we'll we'll leave. You know, like if, it, if he gets scared, because there's some scary moments and kind of intense moments and stuff, especially with like the Prowler and, and you know, like some of those moments are and kind of murder. And murder and yeah, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's, there's some adult themes and and I was like, he he's definitely too young for this. But I also just was like, I was so excited for him to see the animation and, and you know, I just I don't know. I whatever. Judge me if you want. Huh. Uh, I, I took him to see the movie and he just, you know, his little mind was blown and he was just like, this is cool. He was scared. But then eventually we kind of talked through it. We talked about why things happen. We talked about all the characters. We talked about choices. We talked about his parents, the uncle, you know, it it was this great thing. And and every night for the last, I'd say, maybe year and a half, um, 
Calvin and I have this secret handshake that we do. And part of the secret handshake is we put hands on each other's shoulders and we go, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's just, it's just part of the joke. And nice. it's, he, he just, he loves the movie and he can't, you know, like he's very excited about the sequel for sure. Oh, so excited. All right. Well now reliving the high that was into the spider verse. Let's go to our strangest segment. What? what Each issue we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this issue, we decided to ask, what if Miles crossed over with a non-Marvel character? So we want to see a team up with Miles and someone else to see what they would be doing together. And Vactor, as our guest, would you like to go first? Please. I am very happy to have the honor to go first. And I was thinking about different teen characters and the one that um, came up, I actually was thinking about blue beetle for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. then I kind of landed on, um, I did a little bit more soul searching and I landed on static. I think miles Morales (laughs) and static would be a fantastic crossover. Uh, they would play off of each other so well. And that was also a character that was very influential, kind of ahead of his time. And I was actually just watching the first episode of Static Shock the other day on HBO Max before they dropped the HBO when it was actually called HBO Max. And it was like, man, I I actually was not watching that when it was airing, but watching it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, I kind of wish I had seen this when it was on the air in the early 90s, because that would have been probably one of my favorite shows. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of ahead of its time. And I think Miles uh, also owes a lot to Static, um, paving the way for him. Absolutely. Which is why Static was my choice for this what if. (laughs) Uh, If our listeners know anything about me, they know I love Static. He was one of the first characters that we covered early on. Static Shock was a big influence on me as a kid watching that show. I was obsessed with it. And I think that Miles and Stat, so Miles and Virgil, would be such a great duo together. Their powers can combine in really interesting ways. You have that Venom. Uh, strike venom bite and also like those electric manipulations from miles they could get supercharged from being uh, electrocuted from static do cool combos you could have miles flying through the air on his webs while static is right there by him using the freaking manhole cover there's there's so many cool things you could do but you would also get this really interesting dichotomy of viewing the world because uh, Virgil's dad is very uh, non-trusting of authority figures. He doesn't trust the police. And I think that the the current static run is very good about showing that side of the family and how you they feel they can't trust those members of the community. But then you have on this other side where Miles' dad is a cop. So the conversations they would have about, my dad is this authority figure. And then Virgil's like, well my family does not trust authority figures and it would just make for really interesting conversations. So not only would you get this incredible opportunity to have beautiful action, but you could also have these deep conversations 
and see where each one is coming from and maybe coming out the other side with a better understanding of the the life experiences of one another. Love that. Clap. <laughs> I, 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 well, um, good choices, boys. Um, I did not pick static. <laughs> Sorry. Well, guess what, Chris? Well, you're wrong. Because static is the only my, correct answer. Um, I actually kind of had a couple of characters I was going back and forth. I, I did think about Blue Beetle. I thought about Damian Wayne would be a fun mm-hmm. team up, you know, just like let's get somebody that's very like raised in a with a different upbringing because he's very troublemaking and, mm-hmm. and having Miles being like that. No, no, no. Like, let, let's bring it back. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I just immediately had this vision of Damien about to slice someone in half with a sword and Miles just having to like web yeah. shooter his <laughs> hand away doing? from the person. <laughs> um, I thought about um michelangelo and that's actually what i wrote down on on our note um michelangelo from the ninja turtles i thought would just be a fun kind of team up uh but ultimately i actually came up with a new answer during all of this um because you mentioned like the the synergy of the powers and so i am choosing shazam um because i thought you know what it would be interesting to see a character that is a kid that presents as an adult with a character that is a kid that everyone assumes or like puts this all this pressure on as if he is an adult Shazam uh, Billy Batson and we just did an episode on on Shazam and Billy Batson and and just showing how you know he's still kind of going through things as a kid and he's kind of eternally a kid and but but then when he's Shazam he's basically like Superman level like he is he is top tier and he's very much has lightning powers you know which that would be an interesting like what if he's uh grabbing miles and he shazams and miles supercharges his venom blast you know like like there could be some cool synergy of of that uh, as well which i think or shazam turns invisible <laughs> like with miles gives him some some uh venom abilities and stuff mm. like so i it's i think it would be a really fun team up just just from the oh i know what you're going through but in a different kind of way yeah um yeah so i pick shazam final answer nice <laughs> amazing well we have gone on length about our love for miles morales and we just really wanted to thank again vactor for joining us on this episode we knew as soon as you gave us the reasoning for why you like the character we, we knew you had to be the one to bring you on. So for all of our listeners out there, where can they find you on social media, on podcasting? Let them know where they can download your stuff. Yes. Thank you very much for having me once again. And I'm always down to talk um, Spider-Man, but Miles Morales in particular. You can find all of my stuff at Vactorverse on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, I'm trying to put out interviews on Fridays. Um, you can always always go back to the YouTube archives and see all of the lovely guests that I've had, including the comic book keepers themselves. Uh, one of my favorite episodes that I was uh, able to talk to two great comic book create content creators, and I'm also trying to do shorts every day, doing different character profiles. Um, on either different comic book characters or on Star Wars characters. So all of that stuff is at Vactorverse. 
Amazing. And we will have all that information in our show notes below. Thank you. Oh, can I say one more uh, thing real quick? Yeah. There was an Easter egg in the Into the Spider-Verse movie that I was watching it just now as we were talking. And uh, I, I forgot to mention, when Miles enters Uncle Aaron's house or his apartment, the Donald Glover uh, community clip is playing yep. on the tv mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that was a yep. a fantastic easter egg by the creators uh, so good so good so until next time this is chris and lance and vactor reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer